Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Hey, welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. You're listening to chapter 12. I am so, so, so excited to share today's chapter with you. Honestly, this is exactly why I started the Word Weaver podcast is in order to talk to people like Kristen Martin. We've never met before, mostly because Kristen lives in Texas and I'm here in Toronto, Canada. But I reached out to her to be on the podcast because I'm just so impressed with the literary empire that she's built. If you aren't familiar with Kristen Martin, she is the international best-selling author of six books, The Alpha Drive Trilogy, which is YA, young adult, sci-fi, and dystopian, The Shadow Crown series, which is YA, dark fantasy, and most recently, Be Your Own Hashtag Goals, which is her first personal development nonfiction book. Kristen is the epitome of a girl boss and one of the most successful creative authorpreneurs. With over 30,000, that's right, 30,000, YouTube subscribers, she is one of the most famed names in the AuthorTube community. Not only is she relatable and authentic, but she creates inspiring and useful content, sharing advice and tips to help writers and authors at any stage of their writing journey. Along with being a best-selling author and famous YouTuber, Kristen reaches thousands of people regularly through her Valiance Writing Coaching Program, and most recently she launched her new course called Conquering NaNoWriMo. For those who don't know, NaNoWriMo stands for National Novel Writing Month. It happens every November, and it's where you write 50,000 words in 30 days. If that's not impressive enough, she's also the creator and host of That Smart Hustle podcast, which you can find on iTunes and SoundCloud. I was so excited that she agreed to come on the show because there was so much that I wanted to talk to her about. I actually had a hard time condensing my questions down because there was just so much that I wanted to ask her and pick her brain about. And let me tell you, Kristen Martin did not disappoint. I felt like I was talking to an old friend and my literary soulmate. I know I said it earlier, but it bears repeating that conversations like the one Kristen and I had are exactly why I started this podcast in the first place. As a writer, no matter how many wins or successes you achieve, it's always easy to doubt yourself in such a subjective and solitary career. But I left our chat beaming and motivated and secure in my belief that I'm doing exactly what I was meant to do in this life, and that is to write. I hope you enjoy today's chapter of the podcast just as much as I had recording. I had wait with words for a while. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the Word Weaver podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. And like I told you before, I know you get this all the time, but I already feel like we're old friends. 
Oh, we are. We're kindred spirits. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about today. But before we dive into this really amazing life that you've created all for yourself, I always like to start, as with any good book, as any writer knows, from the beginning. Because I really do believe that who we are from a young age shows kind of our character development as we transition into adulthood. So can you take us back to your younger years and what first sparked your interest in books, writing, and that dream of becoming an author? Absolutely. So I have always loved reading and books from a very young age. I mean, I started out reading the Sweet Valley High books. I don't know if you read those or you remember them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Babysitter's Club. And then, you know, that was more so like elementary, early middle school. And then I moved into the Fearless series by Francine Pascal. And that was amazing because there was this, you know, really awesome female protagonist. She was very strong. So I connected with her immediately. And then when I was in seventh grade, that's when Harry Potter came out. And I'm sure you've read Harry Potter or you know of Harry Potter. <laughs> Biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that just opened up a whole new world of just imagination and creativity. It was like I was, you know, enveloped in this completely new world. And so even from a very young age, as I was reading all of these books, I used to fold together printer paper and I would staple it along the edges. And even when I couldn't write yet, I would enlist my mom to come sit down at the kitchen table and I would tell her what to write. So I would illustrate. I'm I'm a terrible artist, by the way, but like I could, <laughs> same. Yeah. So she would I would tell her the story and she would write it down for me. And so I still have those copies actually of those books that I you know makeshift created on my bookshelf today. Aww. But I think I just always I've always loved stories. I've always loved storytelling, reading books. I just liked that there was a way to kind of escape and visit a reality other than our own. So that just really, I've always enjoyed it. So it makes sense that, you know, as an adult, I finally decided to pursue being an author. A hundred percent. I was like that as a kid too. And I didn't really know anybody else who felt the same. So it's just so nice to connect with someone who had a very similar childhood to me. Oh yeah. I mean, everyone thinks it's, it's kind of nerdy and especially back then, when I was growing up, you know, reading was considered a nerdy thing. Like I would, I would hide it from my friends and I'd be like, no, I like sports and I like, you know, running around and not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, I hid a lot of who I was and what I liked. So, but not anymore. <laughs> it's so refreshing being older and just doing exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And not caring, not caring what anyone else thinks. <laughs> it's, it takes a long time. Yep. No, I completely agree. I'm so curious when the idea for your first book in the Alpha Drive series came to you and what that whole writing process was like from conception to completion. So (laughs) the Alpha Drive was actually a five-year project. And I guess I could really say it was more of a three-year project because I was in college. It was in 2010. I was about to graduate. And I, so I guess to go back a little bit, my senior year, I didn't have as many courses that I needed to complete or not as many credits because I had done so much during my sophomore and my junior years. Mm -hmm. So I had a little bit more time on my hands and I just had this idea. I wanted to capture some of the experiences that I had had and the relationships and the friendships I had built during my time in college. And so 
the Alpha Drive actually started out as a new adult contemporary novel. Oh, wow. And that's, yeah, which is so different because now it's a young adult science fiction dystopian novel. So you're mm-hmm. like, how, how in the world did that change from one to the other? Like, how did you kind of marry the two concepts? And so I wrote that first draft in 2010 and then graduated, you know, adulting happens and you know, I got a job in the corporate world, moved from Arizona to Houston without knowing a soul, and finally ended up picking up that manuscript again in 2012. So two years went by where I did not touch it at all. And I kind of read through it. And it was, it was awful. It was absolutely terrible. And I tried to kind of edit it a little bit. And then I got frustrated with myself because I was like, this is just, this is terrible. What am I doing? (laughs) So I put it aside again for a little while. And then it wasn't until later in 2013, early 2014, this was when uh, this was when movies like The Matrix were really big. And I just read Legend, the Legend Trilogy by Marie Lu. Yep. And so I was really in this kind of alternate reality, like dystopian. It's really when dystopian books and movies were coming onto the scene. And I just remember sitting there after watching The Matrix movies one weekend, and I just had all these ideas for what I wanted to turn the alpha drive into. I was like, this was never supposed to be a new adult contemporary. It was supposed to be young adults. So I could change, you know, the characters from being in college to being in a boarding school setting. And then, yeah, change the whole plot and the whole kind of overarching theme, you know, keep the relationships between the characters the same because that was really solid, but change the plot and the theme to go more into a dystopian science fiction realm. and. That's exactly what I did. So that was a, you know, that I published that book in November of 2015. So that was really a five year process. But 2014 was the year I really looked at that and just revised it, basically rewrote it, except for the character relationships, and then finally published it in November 2015. That must have been such a satisfying feeling. Oh, it was. <laughs> I'm so happy that you didn't scrap it completely. You were able to kind of go back and salvage that. And then, like you said, just change the plot over, reevaluate the theme. You weren't, it wasn't for nothing, that first initial manuscript. Exactly. And I hear a lot of people say, you know, that they have multiple drafts of books sitting in drawers. And I'm just not like that because I'm like, if I'm going to write something, I'm going to, I don't know. I just never like to think of anything as a waste of time. And I know that I can make everything I create better. And if it's not what I thought it would be, I can do something to fix it. So I'm not one of those people that has all these old manuscripts tucked away into drawers. That's just, if I write something, I'm going to make it work and I'm going to put it out there. (laughs) I love that. That's so important. I, there's a quote, I think it's, if it's not working, retreat and attack from a different direction. Yes. So I believe that too. Exactly. You can always look at it from a new perspective, a new angle and try something different. And I mean, again, I went from the complete, like I did a complete 180 from new adult contemporary to young adult science fiction. Like that's just, that's not even the same book. (laughs) Yeah, no. And that's incredible. And then you've truly since then kind of just been on this upward trajectory. You've created a whole empire and I truly mean it's an empire. I'm so impressed. Oh, thank you. You're the best-selling author now of six books, mm-hmm. the Alpha Drive Trilogy, the Shadow Crown series, and most recently, Be Your Own Hashtag Goals, which I love your personal development book, especially. Oh, thank you. You've done all of that in a pretty short amount of time, and I'm really happy to hear you took kind of a hiatus this summer to do some more writing and focus back. But before your hiatus, you went on your first ever book tour across 
North America. Again, this is kind of a twofold question, but what was it like finding out you're a best-selling author? And then what was your experience on the book tour like? That must have been amazing. Oh my gosh, there are no words to describe both of those feelings. Because when I had first started my whole journey in 2014, of, you know, becoming an author and really taking it seriously, I told myself, gosh, if I could become a best-selling author and have, you know, that many people reach that many people and impact that many readers and have them read my books. Plus, if I can also go on a book tour and actually have people show up at the stops and, you know, want me to sign their books, then I'll really have made it as an author. Like to me, that was kind of like the pinnacle or the peak of success as an author was to hit a bestsellers list and then to go on a book tour. And the fact that I, you know, was able to do that in such a short amount of time. And I don't want to say that I did it because it was all the people out there who decided to buy my books and take a shot on an indie author because I know there's still a little bit of a stigma out there. I hate that stigma. It's incredible. Oh, I hate the stigma too. (laughs) I really do think it's fading, thankfully. I really think it is. I know when I first started my YouTube channel, it was definitely a little, it was definitely still there. And I was actually pretty nervous to start my YouTube channel, but I'm just happy that I'm very happy it's fading. But yeah, both of those experiences were, I mean, I vlogged. I didn't even know that this was going to happen, but I ended up vlogging on the day that I found out I was a best-selling author. And when I went on to Amazon, I didn't even really, it didn't hit me. Like I looked at it, I looked at the screen and I saw that my books were on the bestsellers list for their category and the genre, but it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't hit me yet. And it took a few hours. And then I finally came back to my computer and saw it was in the top 25 and thought to myself, oh, wait, like, wait a second, like, that means I'm a best selling author. It was just it was the craziest. It was the craziest experience. And then same thing with my book tour. Oh, just meeting everyone in person and going to all these stops. And you know, especially like at BookCon, having a line at my table. It's just, it's stuff, you know, the stuff dreams are made of. I just I never thought it would actually be possible. And yet here I am living the dream. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm so I'm so proud. And you deserve it. You work really hard. Thank you. You definitely all the kudos goes to you. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, though, with YouTube. But for me, I'm very old fashioned. I wish I could just kind of be one of those like Hemingway or Thoreau writers in the woods, hibernate away with my typewriter. But it's not really the case anymore. You kind of have to wear all hats and social media plays a huge role in cultivating a readership nowadays. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you're one of the most successful people that's been able to tap into both. Just in a nutshell, can you quickly explain what AuthorTube slash Bookstagram is? I know they're different things, but mostly how you got started in YouTube. You have over 30,000 subscribers now and growing quickly. Oh gosh, to hear you say that out loud is like... It's shocking <laughs> me and I sit here and make my video, make my videos every week. But I, yeah. I know what you're saying about, we all have this vision when we're like, I'm going to become a writer. I'm going to be an author that you're going to be holed away in some coffee shop or in a cabin in the woods. And you're going to be super introverted and not talk to anyone, which might actually kind of be the appeal of it a little bit because it's just you and your story and your characters. But I can't remember the statistic. It's a crazy number. It's like hundreds of thousands of books are published every single year. So 
And in today's age with digital, you know, the digital age and technology and how everything's advancing, it's not enough to just write a book anymore. You can't write a book, hit publish and hope that someone's going to come across it because it's just very, very unlikely. So I knew that I needed to put myself out there and to find a way to connect with people. And at the beginning of my YouTube journey, I was really focused on helping aspiring authors in writing their books. I wanted to share the things I had learned, the lessons I'd learned, the mistakes I made to help people avoid those mistakes. And, you know, because a lot of them were quite costly. So I wanted to kind of share my knowledge and get it out there. And so originally my platform was very much just strictly an author to platform, which is essentially YouTube for authors. It's where aspiring writers or authors can go to YouTube and find videos to help them perfect their craft and to learn how to self-publish, to learn how to market their books, to build their own author to platform. And then same with social media, like with Instagram and Bookstagram, that's another really big piece of it as well. So YouTube is kind of like my bread and butter. That's where a lot of my audience lives. But I've always loved looking at beautiful photos of books and taking taking pretty pictures of my own books. So Instagram just kind mm-hmm. of seemed like that second natural place for my audience to come find me as well. So yeah, YouTube and Instagram are my two main social media platforms. Absolutely. I like that you focus as well on kind of two. I think some people try to do it all and it gets a little fragmented. So true. Yeah. I mean, I I do have a Twitter page and also a Facebook business page and I have a Tumblr account. But the thing I love about Instagram is that I can sync all of my posts to all of those different social media sites. So I'm not having to create new content you know, for every single platform. For YouTube, it's a little bit different, but that's a great way to save time. And then you're also hitting those different audiences that may only have a Facebook or may only have a Twitter. Yeah. So in addition to your YouTube and Instagram, along that vein, you've created really an empire with your books. You provide a lot of writing advice and inspiration through your podcast, That Smart Hustle Podcast. Mm -hmm. You also have your Valiance Writing Coaching Program, which is amazing. And you just launched Conquering NaNoWriMo. Can you briefly describe each of those ventures and then in a nutshell for those who don't know what NaNoWriMo is? Oh, sure. So with we'll start with my podcast with That Smart Hustle. So really, when I started my YouTube channel, I mentioned that I really wanted it focused on helping aspiring authors. But I also had this other side to me that was more personal development and personal growth. So that's why I wanted a different platform to sort of be able to talk about those types of things, which is how That Smart Hustle was born. So I have, you know, my Mm -hmm. author website and then That Smart Hustle. Now with my YouTube channel, with this new direction I'm taking, talking more about productivity and time management and really kind of designing your life as a writer and what that can look like, or as a creative entrepreneur, the two have kind of been, you know, married together, which is great. So that's that smart hustle. And I also have some webinars and some courses, more courses that I will be launching in the future, more in that personal growth and development space. And then amazing. Yeah. And then Valiance, yes, is my coaching program for writers It, oh man, it took me such a long time to actually build this from the ground up, but I really wanted to provide a roadmap or a tool for aspiring authors for the entire book creation process. So from the inception of your story idea to actually writing the book, to editing it, you know, to looking at cover designers and 
possibly even going the querying route or maybe going the self-publishing route and then marketing it and really maintaining your book sales and how to really grow and increase those book sales. So Valiance covers the entire spectrum, like the whole book creation process. And I'm so proud of my clients and the work that they've done so far. It's absolutely, it's been absolutely incredible and such a joy to work with them. And then yes, that's amazing. Yeah. And then this past Monday, I did launch Conquering NaNoWriMo. So Valiant, since it is such a lengthy program, I mean, it's very detailed, six modules. So it is a little bit on the pricier side. I wanted to make something to help writers write, you know, 50,000 words in 30 days to really conquer NaNoWriMo to get that first draft down on paper. And I wanted to make sure that it was something that was a little bit more on the affordable side. So that's when I launched Conquering NaNoWriMo. That's why I created it. It's a 35 page workbook plus four pep talk videos. I found that people really liked my tea time video that I did recently, where it was more of a pep talk inspirational video. So I thought, huh, this would be great to have that for NaNoWriMo when you're really struggling with, you know, procrastination or writer's block, anything like that. They can just go watch one of these videos that's exclusive to the course and hopefully, you know, find their way around it. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Honestly, that's like your passion comes through and then you're not only just providing information, but you're just really real and relatable and authentic. So I think that's also the added part, the added value that you really get from these things. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. That's, I mean, really, I think whenever I create something, I think, is this something I would have liked when I first started out on my journey? And if the answer is a resounding yes, then I create it because it's something I would have liked to have. So I figure that there's probably someone else out there who wants that exact same thing. A hundred percent. You've accomplished so much in your young life already. (laughs) So what does success, it looks different for every writer, every author, every person. You touched on it a little bit with becoming a bestseller and your book tour. What does success look or feel like to you? This is such a great question. I'm so happy you asked it because in the past, I had this definition of success that was very much centered around goals and milestones, like hitting a bestsellers list and you know going on a book tour. These were very big very big things for me that I thought, if I can do this, then I will be a successful author. I've now kind of recently switched over to more of success is a feeling that you get. So those milestones and those goals will give you certain feelings, but they're fleeting, right? So you have to find a way to to understand what success is to you and what that feels like for you. So honestly, for me, success is when In my daily life, I feel joyful, I'm happy, I'm smiling, I'm laughing, I'm in flow when I'm working on something, and I'm truly enjoying what I'm doing and what I'm spending my time on. If I'm not enjoying it, if I'm not spending, you know, if I'm spending my time on something that doesn't light me up, then what is the point of doing it? It's just, it's absolutely pointless. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it's become more of that feeling of joy and happiness and just really getting into flow and truly enjoying what I'm doing. That's what that's how I define success now. That is amazing. I'm going to I'm going to re-listen to that answer over and over whatever I doubt myself or need a pep talk. Success is a feeling. I love that. That's very quotable. Thank you. <laughs> Social media, it's a highlight reel of our greatest achievements and it's our curated moments for the most part. 
what have been some of your biggest challenges or behind the scenes, the hardest parts about being a writer that you might not show online? I very much like to portray this, this persona and it is how I am. I'm a very positive person. I'm, I like to be productive. I like to be inspiring. Again, I put the kind of content out there that I would have wanted to see when I was first starting out. Mm -hmm. But there are days where I don't always show that I don't want to do anything. And I just want to sit on the couch and, you know, Netflix and chill all day. Like, I (laughs) I don't have that productivity. There are just some days where that inspiration and that spark isn't there. But I've learned to not be so hard on myself because I am my own worst critic. I've learned to not be so hard on myself and say, this is my body's way of telling me that, or even my mind's way of telling me that I need to just take a step back and relax a little bit. If I don't feel like doing something, there's probably a reason for it. So as long as that feeling of procrastination and kind of like that laziness doesn't, you know, go on for days and weeks at a time, then I'm normally okay with, you know, just taking a break. But the hardest part of being a writer, I think, is just dealing with the criticism and people who just don't don't understand you, don't understand your work. Um, that's that's really just been the hardest part about being a writer. But you have to learn to know that you're not going to be for everybody, and your opinion of yourself and your books and the work you're putting out there that's the only one that matters. Because at the end of the day, you're the only one who has to live with it. So as long as you're proud of it and you feel accomplished and you can stand behind the person that you are and the work you're putting out there. Again, that's all that really matters. Oh my, so true. It's honestly, you have to stay true to what makes you happy. And it's, it is hard to do when you're getting criticism or pushback from people who don't understand. And I think actually you said this in one of your videos recently, it's always important to remember that it's a projection of their own feelings and their own fears, to be honest. Exactly. It's there, you know, they see something that you're doing. And a lot of the time it might be a sense of jealousy or like, oh, like she's 30 years old. Like how, how does she have this kind of life? Or, you know, how, how is she able to do this? Or who does she think she is? You know, that kind of mindset. I'm like, really what that says to me is that you wish you would have taken a leap, a leap of faith or a risk a while ago, but you let fear hold you back. So again, it's, yeah, it's just a projection of their own fears and insecurities and maybe even their regrets that they didn't take the leap of faith like you did. 100%. That criticism, honestly, I think comes from people feel because you have such a huge platform and following people feel like they know you. I said it earlier, we've never met, but I'm sure that's kind of, it's both flattering and also a weird thing to hear. Do you feel overwhelmed by this pressure to live up to people's expectations? If some days you're just tired in an airport and somebody comes up to you? And then secondly, what do you do to recharge for self-care with all that you have going on? Really, really good question. So it's funny. It's funny because with your question, do you ever feel overwhelmed or you know pressured to live up to that expectation? When I first went on my book tour, I did feel a little bit of pressure um, because I had my first book tour stop was in Los Angeles. Things didn't go well. Like my shirt ripped along the side at the airport and I had to go buy a new shirt and my flight was delayed and then traffic was awful getting to my hotel. So the night before, you know, my book tour, my first book tour stop, I was not in the best headspace. So I was a little bit nervous, but it's so crazy how when you are truly doing what you love to do, I just, I light up when I talk to people. And so 
I don't know how to explain it. It's just that that positivity just kind of radiates. And so there's no faking it and there's no no need for me to fake it. Like, yeah, like nerves will kind of get into the way a little bit, but I've never actually really felt the pressure. And I actually think it's really neat when someone comes up to me and they they like know everything about me. It is, that sounds so weird to say because most people would think that's creepy and kind of stalkerish, but <laughs> I think it's really cool that people take, they spend their time, their valuable, you know, time watching my videos and taking inspiration from them and getting to know me as a person. It's like I have, you know, over 30,000 really close friends, which again, sounds so insane, but I feel like I have this community and this space of people where I can truly be myself and I am fully accepted no matter what choices I make. And that is, gosh, that is like the coolest feeling ever. <laughs> yeah. that's so, And you're so humble about it too. So that really comes across. That's so awesome. Oh, thank you. That's the biggest thing. I never, you know, when people start to grow a following or and whatnot, you know, some people can start to get a big head. And I just always want to make sure that I remain humble and remember that I started from nothing. I started from ground zero. I had no idea about self-publishing. I had zero platform, zero network. And so I always, you know, I always just think back to that. And I always want to help people who were like me three and a half years ago. I want to, I want to help them. And then I think you're, your second question, right, was about self-care. Yeah, to recharge after those events or when you go home. Like, how do you relax after all of this? Oh, so all I want to do when I get home from a trip or a speaking event or like my book tour is just watch Netflix or Hulu. Like, I'll watch The Mindy Project on Hulu. One of the girls at the um, All About the Indies event that I just spoke at, she just got me into The Vampire Diaries. So I'd never watch that show before either. So I started watching that and it is addictive, let me tell you. So the way I recharge is I will watch TV because it's sort of mindless and I can allow my mind to just kind of wander. But I also make sure I get back into kind of a physical workout routine. So I like to take, you know, Denali for a walk or I'll go for a run in the mornings when it's a little bit cooler. I love taking bubble baths. So there's a lot of different things I do to recharge. I guess it just kind of depends on what I'm feeling that day. <laughs> on your uh, YouTube channel, I love it. You've been dubbed the time management wizard. <laughs> and you recently started a productivity and time management section. You've always talked about those types of things, but you have a dedicated playlist or is it called a channel? I don't know what the terminology is. Oh yeah, a dedicated a dedicated playlist. Playlist, yeah, okay. I love these. I think I'm very organized. I love my planner. I need my big wall calendar. I'm very to-do list, checklist oriented. So do you have any top tips for getting everything done on our overflowing to-do list? For me, prioritizing is very challenging because I want to do it all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've definitely been there. Prioritize. So I have top, like three top tips that help me get everything done. And the first one is actually prioritizing because while that can be very difficult, I actually use Stephen Covey's time management matrix. Oh, where you, yeah, you, if you've never looked at it before, it's absolutely incredible. You basically have four quadrants and you end up putting certain activities on your to do list in each of the quadrants. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe quadrant two is where you want most of your time to be spent because it's on 
high value activities and also ones that are important. So not, Mm -hmm. you know, emergency meetings or emergencies that come up or phone calls or emails or things that really, you know, are low value, but maybe they're urgent, right? You really want to be spending your time on things that are high value and not super urgent. Because when we're in a state of urgency, we're stressed out and we're anxious, and we're probably not going to produce our best work. So I use Stephen Covey's time management matrix to prioritize. The second tip I have is batching. I recently learned about this over the summer and it has changed my life. When I first started my YouTube channel, I and really started my whole author journey. Oh my gosh, I would do everything under the sun in one day. So I would film a video and then I would you know, write part of my book. And then I would go edit that chapter. And then I would go make social media graphics. And I was just doing all of these different things that require different parts of my brain to function properly. (laughs) So to go, you know, back and forth and to switch your brain, like it's exhausting. No wonder I was so tired. But when you batch certain things, I'm actually going to make a video on this in the very near future. I cannot wait to watch this. Yes. So I'm going to show like very specifically how I batch certain items, especially during, you know, just along my author journey, what that looks like. So there are some days where I don't do any social media. It may seem like I'm doing social media, but that's because I've scheduled my posts ahead of time on Hootsuite. So the business is still running in the background, but it may be a day where I'm in my pajamas and I'm just writing all day because that's a designated writing day. If I shower and get ready and put my makeup on and everything, that's probably going to be more of a filming day where I'm going to film like four or five videos in a row. So it's all about just batching it all together to make the most of your time. And then the third thing I've been doing for, gosh, since I can remember is color coding my day planner. You know, I have like different highlighters, yellow, orange, blue, green, pink, and purple, and yellow, like for most recently, anything highlighted in yellow showed me that I was doing editing or proofreading for my most recent book that's coming out in October, which is Renegade Crew. And then anything in blue is more so, you know, along my author journey, whether it's a YouTube post that's going up. Purple is something that has to do with That Smart Hustle or my podcast. Green, I have it marked as just health in general, whether that's meditating or journaling. You know, I even log like my meals and what I'm eating, how much water I'm getting into my body that day. And then also pink, that color I use for more of just like tasks and errands and chores and and things like that. So by color coding my agenda and highlighting everything in its respective color, I'm then able to look back over my days and my weeks and see where the majority of my time was spent. And so if I have a lot of days where there was a lot of pink, which is, you know, tasks, errands and chores, then I know, you know, it may be not much blue or not much yellow, which is more about my author platform and working on my books, then I know I need to kind of reprioritize and maybe let some of those errands and chores kind of fall by the wayside a little bit so I can get back to the things that actually add value. I do the same thing on my agenda and my calendars as well. And it's, yeah, if I'm finding I have low value activities, I kind of have to reevaluate. Exactly. It's, I mean, the only way to know how to manage your time better and to get everything done is to know what you're spending your time on in the first place. If you don't know that, how can you, you know, how can you manage it better? (laughs) 
I don't, I, n- I never understand people who don't write things down. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you live? <laughs> Without my planner. Um, I've had a planner yeah. since I can, probably since I could walk. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what I would do without it. What is the best piece of advice that you've received in terms of writing and your career? And is it something that you would share with other writers or aspiring authors? Absolutely. So the best piece of advice I've received is to start somewhere, start anywhere. You have to remember that all the people that, you know, that you look up to or that you're like, wow, like, look at what this person's doing. They're amazing. I mean, Oprah, even, you know, JK Rowling, all these incredible people, they all started off as amateurs. They all started off not as experts in their field, but as a student, someone who was learning. And so you know, like I said, three years ago, I knew nothing about self-publishing. I had zero platform, zero network. I did not know how to grow a social media following, but you just have to start somewhere because if you never start, it's never going to happen. And you can never wait for the quote unquote perfect moment because it's never going to arrive. There will never be a perfect moment. And when you've been on this earth, as long as I have, which I guess isn't that long, but (laughs) 30 years now, I just know that I have to start I have to start somewhere, no matter what. Even if you don't know where to start, write down some ideas. Think about what you can do research on, especially when it comes to writing a book. Like if you're really struggling with, you know, creating a character, go to YouTube and type in creating a character profile. If you're struggling with world building, you know, just find a way, find a way to just begin and have the courage, have the courage to start. Oh, so important. I love that. That's amazing. This is kind of a philosophical big picture question. I think I would have a hard time answering it, but I love I love this question the most. What does the future hold for you both short term, kind of in the next coming months, but long term? I think it's important to speak it into existence. Oh, so true. I'm all into law of attraction and manifestation and all of that. So In the short term, I am actually going to Bali on a writer's retreat. I'm the guest influencer, so I'll be doing some workshops and kind of going over the girls, you know, first chapters and giving them feedback and everything and also just being in this amazing villa like on the beach. So that's going to be incredible. Um, I also have my second book in the Shadow Crown series coming out in October. And then I'm also teaching two workshops at the Permian Basin Writers Conference also in October. So that's like, you know, short term, like next couple of months, what we've got going on. A lot, but exciting. A lot. Yes, it's very exciting. But for the long term, really, I just want to keep growing and keep evolving and keep learning and just striving and pushing to be the best version of myself. I, of course, want to write more books, both fiction and nonfiction. I definitely want to attend more speaking events. I want to teach more workshops. So I really want to get, I guess, get out there more and just inspire as many people as possible, both with my YouTube channel and also with in-person events. I would love to do book tours every single year if possible, and hopefully be able to do international book tours. So I have a lot of I have a lot of really kind of big dreams and big plans, but it's crazy because a year ago I was I was kind of visualizing myself speaking at events and teaching workshops and it's crazy to think that here I am now having just given a keynote speech, my very first one last weekend at the All About the Indies event and that I'm going to Bali so I'm able to travel 
to be a guest influencer and teach workshops there and then also go to a writer's conference, you know, to teach more workshops. And I'm like, I, I was visualizing this a year ago and here it is. So your mind, your mind is a very powerful thing. <laughs> yeah. Visualization is everything. It is. But really, as long as I'm just staying true to myself and, you know, every day is joyful and I'm happy and I feel good about what I'm doing and I kind of get lost in it and I'm really in flow. That's, that's really what's most important to me to really create, really just continue to create a life that I am wildly in love with. (laughs) This has been amazing. You're incredible. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. So before I let you go, can you just tell us where we can find you online? And most importantly, where we can buy your books? Oh, yes. And first of all, I just want to say this was an amazing I have. This was an amazing interview. This was definitely one of the most fun interviews I've ever had. So I want to thank you so much for making it that way and just making the vibe so welcoming and so comfortable. I feel like I was having a conversation yeah, with an old friend. Oh, so. same. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm going to be buzzing after this for a little while. I feel really excited and inspired. This has been awesome. Oh, good. Well, good. Then I've then I've done my done my part for the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but where you can find me is, gosh, I feel like I'm. You go to Google and type in author Kristen Martin, you'll get a. I really worked on my SEO, you know, my search engine optimization. So I'll I'll pop up. But um, best two places to find me would be YouTube. Just you know, type in author Kristen Martin, and then at author Kristen Martin is my handle on Instagram. So and then my books are available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble in hardbook, paperback. And ebook. So I just say hard book. I meant to say hardback. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> so yeah, hardback, paperback, and ebook, but also on the book depository and books a million. So there are plenty of other sites if you know whoever's listening, if you're not if you don't live in the US, I know that can be difficult to get things off of Barnes and Noble. Yay. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing time in Bali. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited for it. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's it for today's chapter of the Word Weaver podcast. You can find all of Kristen's links and information under today's show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. Make sure you're following along on Instagram at Word Weaver podcast. And if you like what you heard today, be sure to leave a review in iTunes as it helps more people find out about the Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. I held weight with words for a while